Welcome to another ATP Tour podcast. I'm Seb Lozier, and this week we bring you the stars of the game literally from all corners of the globe. From Doha, Marseille, Delray Beach and the Rio Open, where we've been battling with the weather here all week, but have emerged with a beaming first-time champion, 18-year-old Carlos Alcaraz. Rio is special for the young Spaniard. It was here in 2020 that he claimed his first ever tour win against countryman Albert Ramos Vinolas. Two years ago, I, I won my first uh, ATP win here, so it's so special to come back here in Rio. And uh, yeah, well, uh, it was a, a great match. I mean, Albert Ramos is a, a great player, so I think this the uh, it, it was my my long match in the best of of five, uh, so one of my best three sets. So I think it was a, a really tough match, but uh, so special as well. How much better are you now than you were back then? Well, I, I think I, I've lived uh, a lot of great moments during these two years. I, I grew up uh, a lot. I got uh, a lot of experience uh, playing the, in great uh, tournaments. Uh, I think I, I'm more mature. Uh, I think I, I, I'm uh, uh, a lot better than two years ago. So I think it's a, a great change. And on paper, 2021 was a massive year. First ATP title, first Grand Slam quarterfinal, winner of the next gen. Which of those for you was most important? What was the most important thing last year? Well, uh, I don't know. I, 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 can't, I can't choose uh, one moment. I mean, the, every, every moment that I lived uh, was really, really special for me. I mean, the, it's always special to win your first ATP ATP uh, title, uh, the next gen, the, what I lived in in US Open was amazing. So uh, I think I, I can choose one one situation. It was a long year though, wasn't it? And it, it was a longer year probably than you've had. A late finish. Did that change the way you did off season and and how you managed your your body between the end of the year and the start of the new year? Uh, no, no, no. It's, uh, I, I work the, the, the same. I mean, the, I, I got COVID. I, I couldn't uh, do uh, holidays, uh, well, long holidays, let's say. So uh, I, I work the, the same. I, I did a, a good precisions. Uh, I, I prefer to, to do a, a good precision, a long precision than play the, the first tournament in Australia. So I, I think this uh, this year is an uh, important year for me, and uh, I think the the preparation of uh, in the off season is is really important. And only really the Australian Open this year so far. How did you feel out in Melbourne when when you played, and how confident are you now? Well, uh, I lost in the th- in the third round uh, against Berrettini in a tough match. Uh, I mean the. Mm, that match gave me uh, more conf- confidence. Uh, is, I mean, the, I know that the, I am able to, to play against the, the best uh, players. So I think the, it's, it's really important to, to leave uh, this kind of of uh, moments playing the, against uh, Berrettini and uh, I mean playing in a really tough and close match. I mean, that gave me a, a lot of confidence.
Alcaraz exacted revenge for that defeat here in Rio. Top seed Matteo Berrettini was the man he beat to reach the semi-finals, but the Italian still has a special bond with Brazil and was delighted to be here playing the event for the first time. I miss this place. Uh, it's really nice to be here. I never actually played this, this tournament, but I came so many, so many times as a kid since, uh, I mean, I have part of my family that is living here, so it's a city that I know and I like to be here. You mentioned the family connection. Your grandmother, I think, is Brazilian. How strong is that bond? Talk to me about that. No, it's, it's really strong. I mean, it's uh, one of the four grandparents that I have, so in theory it should be 25%, but I feel more. Uh, she's, um, I mean, I grew up with her, you know, like she's a second mom for me, so uh, it's, really, it's really strong. My, uh, I have this connection. She's been living in Italy since 60 years, but uh, she taught me all the Brazilian stuff and she, she still speaks a little bit of Brazilian like when we talk in, in Italian, so it's, uh, I mean, it's a strong bond, like you said. How happy are you with the way things are going at the moment? How, how your body feels, most important? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy. I mean, I, I think I started the year in the best way possible, uh, making the same is obviously in Australia. It was important for me to start the year and improving myself one time more than my body is fit and, and can play especially best of five and in tough conditions. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm really looking forward to have a great season. Uh, obviously, it's always tournament by tournament, but yeah, I'm ready. It's not a one-off either, is it, in the Grand Slams? You, you, your record in Grand Slams recently is, is wonderful, Masters 2. I guess they are the most important tournaments, you know, like, um, and, and I feel that I really want to play good there. It's not that I don't, don't feel to play good in the other tournaments, but I just feel an extra motivation when I'm there. And I, I guess also I like the best of five. I like when it gets physical in that way, and I think it fits as well my game. So, yeah, I think... Uh, in general, now the, the next goal, I think, is to be consistent the whole season, try to not get injured as much as possible and, and yeah, get some good results in the 1,000 as well. And for all the results from Rio and the other three events this week, head to atptour.com or have it all in your pocket with the ATP Tour app. You're listening to the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. A lot is expected from Carlos Alcaraz this year and so too from Canadian Felix Auger-Aliassime. He lost the Marseille final to Andrei Rublev on Sunday but may still have been feeling the effects of the giant leap he took last week in Rotterdam where he finally clinched a first tour title by winning his ninth final. I thought so many times where would it come. I was always confident I would win at some point. But where would it come, you know, with who around, you know, my, my team kind of changes from, from weeks. But definitely, yes, of course, my, my coach, uh, but my mom to be here. She decided to travel more with me this year. And, uh, you know, this was her first tournament. And um, to have it, you know, with a family member is very special. Um, you know, I'm a fortunate player to have to be able to have my family around, you know, for these moments. Uh, we called my dad, you know, right after the match. And, yeah, it was a pretty emotional moment, you know, for my family and I. Everybody's win been, you know trying to, to get this title together and uh, it's, um, it's a special day for me, you know, something that I've been uh, thinking about and working towards for, for a while now, I mean, for the last couple of years since I'm on the tour and, you know, now to the, finally the day comes, it's, uh, it's, it's surely the, the most special day in my career. 21 years old and eight tour level finals before today, obviously nine now, you hadn't won one prior to today, was that a, something in your head that was building up? Of course I'm happy. 
But I think that the relief is even bigger just because, uh, I mean, I heard about it many times, trust me. And uh, it's not easy, you know, it's not easy. I'm, I'm human after all, you know, I'm, I live the same emotions that everybody does. I have uh, doubts, I have fears at times, uh, I, I, I stress like everybody, but I try to do my best, you know, and uh, of course it, it got tough for me, but I always understood that, uh, you know, this was part of it. This is something that I had to overcome and that I believe now makes me a better player you know actually uh, i think it toughened my skin a little bit to be to, to face that adversity and, and you know that personal challenge and to overcome it and so definitely now it's just a big relief you know to not have to to hear about about this these finals anymore and about not winning a title and for sure i think on top of everything it's it's the biggest thing is is the relief that i that i can have now and i can you know now just play even more freely when it comes to these last matches in the tournament those those finals in the future i can even free myself even more I think I think this year I feel like I'm you know more mature I'm I'm a, I'm a better player than I was uh, last year and in the, in the years before when I was playing those finals or when I was playing any tournaments really and I think now yeah I've just I proved it uh, to myself to everybody and uh, yeah and I'm really happy and I think it's uh, it's a good sign also for what's to come um, definitely I'm not going to stop here I mean now so far, it's been a great start. I'm happy with the way I've been playing, you know, the first three tournaments of the year. And and uh, I definitely will be aiming for, you know, for more and to keep to keep playing like this in the future. Auger Aliassime aiming high. Meanwhile, for his childhood idol, Frenchman Joe Wilfred Songa, it was great simply to be back out there. It's been a difficult month, but uh, when I look back, I had also, uh, I mean, a great career. Uh, I did some some good things. And, uh, and today I'm just happy to be back on court, uh, be able to do what, uh, what I love the best, to compete, it's, uh, to give my best on court, and, uh, and, and today I'm happy to do that uh, again. How difficult have the last couple of years been? Um, I don't know if I have to say difficult, in a way that uh, today I'm a, I'm a complete man, I get married, like I said, I had a good career. Um, I had kids, two kids, two lovely kids, and uh, and today I, I feel uh, completely full, you know. And um, and it was difficult for tennis, but uh, but my life is is um, is beautiful, and um, and I will try to to make it even more uh, beautiful with this comeback. And it's great that you're, you're playing well and you're, you're feeling fit. Are you, would you say you're back to full fitness or is there still another level to go? Uh, it's really tough to say uh, I'm back to, to 100%, I would say, because, um, you know, I'm not 20, 25 years old now. I'm almost uh, 37. And, uh, and of course, you know, I have some uh, restriction and uh, I cannot practice uh, that much as before. I can practice a little bit less. And it's not easy to, to deal with uh, old injuries. But I feel okay. Like I said, I'm really happy to be back on court. And, uh, and anyway, I will, uh, I will give the best uh, version of, of myself. As you say, you're, you're just happy to be playing in a way, but are you giving yourself any goals, any targets at all for this year? Not really, you know. Uh, it's not time for me to put uh, big goals. Um, I think the most important, like I said, it's, it's to give the the best, uh, the best of myself, and uh, and that's it. That's it. Uh, take pleasure because one day uh, tennis will will finish for sure. 
and uh, and for me it's really important to enjoy the the time uh, I have to spend on court. Joe Wilfred Songa speaking there with Paul King. Great to see the popular Frenchman back out on the court. This is the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. Tonga is not the only player juggling family commitments with life on tour. Another is big Russian Karen Hachanov, who reached the semi-finals in Doha before losing to the eventual champion Roberto Bautista Agut. He spoke with Mike Cation recently and shared how important it is for him to spend quality time with his young family and how the time away from them has to be worth it. None more so than when he clinched an Olympic silver medal last year. It's a very big um, achievement, you know, for myself, for my country, you know, for my family, you know, because this is a kind of event you play not only for yourself and you feel it that way, but, um, you know, it's a really intense calendar, I must say, you know, because straight from Tokyo, let's say in four days, I flew over uh, three continents, like, you know, flying uh, back to Europe to see my family for a couple of days and straight to Toronto. And I think, you know, with the time difference and flights, obviously, you know, I felt a little bit tired, to be honest. I don't say, I, I never like those excuses, but yeah, it's not easy. But I think, you know, on the other side, you feel great. You feel confident, you know, you feel that you want to keep working and playing in, in the same direction. And, um, you know, obviously I'm going to get ready and prepare well. It's an interesting concept, obviously, because there aren't ATP points uh, available in an event like that. So how, how did you start with the motivation heading into the Olympics of, of what it meant? Yeah, but at the end, you know, uh, points or not points is another thing. And uh, that's obviously, for me, it's a point to discuss and to bring back the points because this event, in terms of, I would say, priority and importance, you know, it has to be between Masters and Grand Slam because it happens once in a four or five, even five years, right? Right. With the pandemic and, uh, you know, you have to give points because the money at the end, you know, you can play one one tournament a year without receiving the money and play not only for that reason and play for your country, right? And uh, basically with this being said, you can see who really still went to play and who gave it a priority. So, uh, you know, motivation always there because this event, like I said, in your head is still very important because it's not only about points or money, right? So, you know, that's a discussion to be considered and to be adding points. That's 100% has to be done, but, uh, but uh, motivation was still, was still there on a high, high level. You mentioned getting home just for a little bit to spend some time with your family. Did, uh, what did it mean to them? Um, in, in terms of what you were able to accomplish there? Yeah, for sure. They were super happy, super proud, you know, of, of myself. And, uh, of course, they wouldn't love to be there with me. But, you know, again, because of the restrictions and, you know, even more Olympic committee, you don't, you, you know, you cannot get so many credentials and so many uh, permits to enter the country. So, you know, they were cheering for me, watching matches. We've been, um, you know, uh, talking every day with a whatever zoom call or whatsapp mm -hmm. with the cameras and yeah they were happy and proud and you know that we achieved this together um, you obviously have a son who's two years old um and i'm i'm wondering he 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 won't be able to remember obviously what happened right how, how are you going to talk to him about what this means to you at, when he is able to understand it and, and what it has meant to you and your country i mean you know as as he will get older and he will grow up I think he will understand uh, all those things and, you know, I don't know if hopefully I would love him to go into the sports, you know, if he doesn't like it, I will never push it and, you know, um, 
just with the time he will understand you know and uh, I hope also he will be proud of myself and and uh, you know finding his way uh, what he wants to do in this life how are you balancing those priorities right now um, the travel has obviously been so challenging for for players over the last year how have you balanced it with your family and and your tennis you know uh, before the pandemic obviously we wanted to travel together you know but still my son was just six seven months old and that's when all these things started the global pandemic and uh, you know that's when we started to have so many restrictions you know they, the family basically since one year almost don't travel with me you know but we try to to schedule well to balance it and at the end they understand that you know this is my job and uh, there are some always advantages disadvantages but again uh, some tournaments they came I was super happy to see them to be with me and to spend more time together and um, you know sooner or later the situation will change and hopefully they can uh, they can travel with me freely are you able to notice a difference uh, on court when they are with you versus when they're not I mean obviously yeah you feel it but uh, you know my son still was he's still a little bit young you know to maybe sit over the whole match without you know screaming or not screaming but like saying something you know and he's still young and um, you know when they were with me in the tournaments they they were always a little bit on the side or you know watching matches uh, uh, not really on the tribune in the box you know but but again with a He's growing up, and you know, sooner or later, I would love him to stay um, to stay on the court. What What have you done? What was it like when you were able to be home um, as much as you were during the pandemic itself, before tennis restarted? What were you able to do and uh, maybe enjoy with your son and, and your wife that you weren't able to, or thinking you were able to? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, this this time. Uh, I mean, again, um, you know, around the world, it was a tough time, but you know, you take some positive positives from that, and. Uh, you know, I was able to spend finally, like, in a row, five months at home, like, uh, you know, a normal kind of normal life, you know, daily routines and, uh, you know, see my son growing up, play with him, stay with my wife. And, you know, that's been really a great time, I think, to kind of reset after so many years in general on tour as being a professional tennis player. And, uh, you know, mm, yeah, I took this time uh, as one of the really kind of best times you know yeah you sound like a very uh, mature and older parent i, I appreciate I your time <laughs> so thank much you. thank you very much thanks man on itunes spotify tune in and atptour.com this is the atp tennis radio podcast final stop this time is delray beach in florida where it's been another good week for americans with riley apelka newly installed inside the world's top 20 reaching the final where he lost to cam norrie and Tommy Paul, Stefan Kozlov and Seb Korda all reaching the quarterfinals. In doubles, meanwhile, it's been another good week for a man who can safely claim to be the greatest tennis player in the history of El Salvador. Marcelo Arevalo was once again in a doubles final alongside partner Jean-Julien Roger, this time one week after claiming the title in Dallas. It's a lot of work. It means a lot to me, um, especially coming from a, such a small country uh, that basically we have uh, not any history you know uh, before me it was only my brother that he was playing uh, professional tennis uh, he reached his career ranking of uh, 315 singles and uh, he retired when he was like 23 24 years old so basically it was everything on me you know but uh, it makes me really happy that I'm kind of open more opportunities for uh, younger guys in El Salvador to believe that uh, it's possible. Uh, if I'm doing it, 
also other guys can doing it. It's just about uh, to trust in the process, believe it, in, uh, and yeah, I mean, this is this is really really big time for me that I'm able to to play at the tournaments that I always look on TV, and it was it was a dream. So I'm basically living my dream now, you know. What was it like growing up? You mentioned obviously your brother was an older brother who was kind of paving the way for you. In terms of the opportunities with clubs and courts and lessons, what was it like when you were a child? Well, uh, we were members of this uh, country club by the by the beach. And Sounds awful. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, was it was really nice. Uh, my parents used to play tennis, but just social with their friends. Yes. On the weekends, or only Sundays, you know. So we. We, we were going there to, to spend the Sunday as a family and uh, they were playing tennis the whole afternoon. I got my tennis racket. Uh, I was about six years old. My brother was 10 already. He was already competing uh, national, you know, like playing under 10. Yeah. And uh, I think he was, he was competing under uh, also in Central America tournaments, little tournaments. So I think he was, he was my guide, you know, like uh, always having an older brother I always saw him as a as a kind of like an idol for me. I, I wanted to do every everything he was doing. I wanted to follow his path, and and I think uh, without him, I, I I wouldn't be able to be here now. So as you were starting to make your way up and and realizing that there was some pretty serious talent there, 15, 16, 17, what were the opportunities like for you, and how did you travel and set a schedule there? I always knew I wanted to to play tennis. Uh, when I was at that age, you know, 12, 14, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to be professional or not. It was just like not in my mind because, as I said before, we had no tennis history, so I didn't have a, a reference, you know. It's different when you grow up in a country when you have like like bunch of guys that went like top 100, top 10, so you have that reference. So I didn't have that reference. So it was more of uh, playing tennis for fun, playing tennis just to, you know, to, to meet new people, to meet friends, you know, after the school. So it was a little bit harder for me because I live uh, 45 minutes outside the city and we have no tennis court at the time in the town that I, that I was growing up. So my parents have to take me two times a week, I remember, uh, but back in the day, the road was no pavement, so it was uh, <laughs> it was just like a dirt, you know. So it was it was really tough to get to the to the capital city, you know, back in the days. But they were doing the the effort to take me two times, and then three times a week because they saw like I was getting like top five in the in the under 12, under 14. So it was at some point when I turned 15 that I decided to move. To the capital city to have more chances to practice every day you know so i joined this uh, program that they had in the federation so it was basically trained like six hours and i was taking like a homeschool you know so that's what i did in order to follow my dream and when I was 15, I, I already knew that I wanted to become a, a professional tennis player. And eventually that led you to the University of Tulsa. Exactly. In Oklahoma here in the United States. Uh, it's, I assume that's a bit of a culture shock for you moving to Tulsa. Yeah, you know, uh, it wasn't in my plans to go to college. As I said, uh, I had no idea about college tennis, like no information at all. You know, but as soon as I started playing... Uh, junior tournaments, ITF tournaments, 
I said a successful career in uh, juniors. I was top 10. I was number 8. So I started receiving a lot of uh, letters from different uh, universities inviting me to go to have a official visit to the to the school and everything but I was not interested because I wanted to to play pro right after juniors you know and then I had a good uh, year in 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 my last uh, junior year I was already 450 in singles in the ATP so I was really motivated to keep playing futures and then I go up to the challengers and then you know I higher tournaments but uh, unfortunately at that time we didn't had the the economy support to keep pushing and doing the the right thing, you know, traveling with with a coach and and had a team. So especially at that age, especially at that age, and I didn't want to do it alone. You know, I I always say like if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it the right way. So yeah, that's what we did. I received a a good offer from University of Tulsa. I had a friend that now is working for the ATP, which is Arnaud Brugues. Yes. And uh, yeah, he called me, he said like the college is good, that the, that the, the program at Tulsa was really nice. So I accepted, I took it and I played uh, two years for Tulsa. And I can tell you those years were, were amazing. I feel like I improved a lot mentally, physically, and, and also helped me to, to kind of like settle down and decide what I want in life, you know. It's very interesting though, in, in five minutes here, we talk about the fact that, you know, you used to travel on dirt roads and Tulsa's a, you know, it's a Southern city. It's a little, uh, you know, they've got some good barbecue yeah. and, and some <laughs> things, right? Um, but it's, it's a very, it's a huge culture clash. Yeah. Not the tennis part, but how did you fit in personally? Well, it was, of course, a different culture for me but uh, I was really lucky that all the teammates that I have, they welcomed me, the coach welcomed me, and then little by little I was getting, you know, new friends, and I ended up fitting the, in, the, in the Oklahoma, Tulsa life, you know. You then are able to have a very successful career, and I believe it was 2017, 2018, where you start having that challenger-level singles success but you were also getting some even better double success. How difficult was that decision for you to say, you know what, I'm gonna go the doubles route? My dream, as I told you when I was a kid, it was uh, play the big tournaments, big events, all these tournaments that you see on TV, you know, Grand Slams, Master 1000, uh, ATP 500, ATP 250s, and I think that I, I made it quicker in doubles than in singles. It was tough because when I was 140 in singles, uh, winning challengers and trying to get into the qualities in the ATP 250s, I had to decide if I want to go to a challenger because I didn't make it to the qualities, or I can go play a ATP 500 event or a Grand Slam or a ATP 250 event in doubles, you know? And obviously, bigger events, they offer you uh, better opportunities, better life, uh, they make it easier for you. And as I said, that was my dream to be at the biggest stages, and and it was tough to to give to give away the singles. But uh, I'm really happy. I'm doing great in the doubles, and I feel I can I can go way better. And this is my dream to to become a top ten in the in the in the doubles ranking. I guess I'm thinking back to kind of what you were talking about the the lack of opportunity in El Salvador. What are you doing now to make sure there are more younger kids who are going to have maybe a better opportunity than you and your brother did when you were kids? Well, uh, we opened an academy. Me and my brother, we had an academy. Uh, it's open to the, to the public, so it's not private. 
we are uh, selecting uh, a group of kids to give them uh, like a scholarship, I can say, so they can join our uh, program, our academy. Uh, I always go back to El Salvador and I do some uh, clinics, uh, talk to the kids, encourage them to follow a path, to follow the, the dreams. Uh, I always tell them like uh, to leave the the, uh, the opportunity to play college first and then become uh, professionals. You know, like as you know, there are like many players right now on tour that they finish college and now they are top 50, top 20. You know, so I always talk to them about it and and I think we have a, a nice group. Actually, there is a, a kid right now that is already winning a grade five, grade four ITF. So I feel like. Uh, I cannot help more because I'm not done much in El Salvador, but at least I'm trying to, to help from far. I do uh, video calls with the, with the best guys, and they always ask questions, you know, how's the life on tour? Uh, do you meet Nadal? Do you know this guy? Do you, do you see Federer? So I feel like this kind of thing, they, they also motivate them, you know, to, to, to work harder and, and some, uh, at some point to, to dream to be also here. That is it for this week. Come back next week when we'll round up all the best of the action from Santiago, Chile and the two 500s getting underway in Acapulco and Dubai. Will we have a new number one in the world this time next week? All will be revealed. Remember, you can get all the latest news, results, orders of play and video at atptour.com and on the ATP Tour app. You can also watch all the action live if you want on Tennis TV. For now, I'm Seb Lozier. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the tennis.